ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. It's Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. And and a busy night for Triple H. Yeah. Yeah, this one it should be exciting. I, I'm, I'm hoping. Um, like I said, it, it was a busy night for Triple H. This kind of had to get thrown together a little bit here, and so. But uh, overall, uh, you know, it's with all the the you know, there was a while there with so many rumors about who knows where Orton is. We still, you know, so um, go back and kind of watch some Randy Orton. That's just exciting too, of course. Yeah, so there's a there's an injury here. There's a lot of drama that gets us to this match. You're going to cover all of that, uh, but I'm I'm pumped to cover this one. Should be should be good. And uh, being that it's uh, in Chicago, Allstate Arena, I'm sure that they uh, we're going to go balls to the wall and do everything they can to keep this crowd. So I'm looking forward to cover this one. You ready? Absolutely. Let's do this. All right. Let's jump right into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So like I said, October 7th, 2007, we're at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Got a interesting card here. So we mm. start off with Triple H defeating Randy Orton to win the WWE Championship. In 11 minutes. Okay. That's a match. Triple H match. Numero uno. Now we then go Kennedy, Lance Cade, and Trevor Murdoch defeating Jeff Hardy, Brian Kendrick, and Paul London in a six-man tag. Your ECW champion CM Punk is going to defeat Big Daddy V by DQ in one minute and 37 seconds. Hot match right there. Yeah. Your WWE champion Triple H is going to defeat Umaga in six minutes to retain his WWE championship. Triple H number fin- two. Yep. Finley and Rey Mysterio go to a no contest in nine minutes. Beth Phoenix defeats Candice Michelle to win the WWE Women's Championship in four minutes. Batista is going to retain his World Heavyweight Championship in a Punjabi prison match in 14 minutes by defeating the Great Khali. Has the Great Khali ever won a Punjabi prison match? He may have have beat Undertaker once in that match or Triple H. I I don't know. I'm going to look up the uh, history of that while we're sitting here. Yeah. Please, Please do. And then... In your main event, we have a last man standing match of Randy Orton and Triple H. So what in the hell is going on here? Yeah, this is just a a really unusual here. So the scheduled main event was supposed to be John Cena 
defending his title against Randy Orton in a last man standing match. And you ask yourself, okay, why is true? Why are Randy Orton and Triple H having a match? So this was, of course, the torn peck that John Cena suffered um, in the match and the title or the match was canceled and the title was vacated. So. And then is this the pack? Is this the pack that he came back at Royal Rumble with? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And so in the in the short timeline. So, um, because of that, then Triple H got put on triple duty. Um, and so having all of his match. And so at this point, defeating the newly crowned Randy Orton, and then defeating Umaga to retain that belt. And then, of course, this match that we're about to get. And so, um, so again, it was supposed to be John Cena and Orton, which would have made sense. Um, the card's still really weird, even if that was the one match you swapped, but still. So, um, so is SummerSlam Cena defending the title and def- yeah, defended the championship against Orton. And then the following night on Raw, Orton interfered in Cena's match with King Booker, which Cena then won by DQ. Um, you had Orton attacking Cena's dad, which was part of the storyline, his actual dad. Um, and so then you had the match at Unforgiven. Cena was DQ'd. And then the, since the title can only, well, Orton won, title can only change hand on a pinfall or submission. And so the title did not change hands on that one. Um, and then you had, this is the revenge with uh, Cena's dad kicking Orton in the head the same way that Orton had kicked Cena's dad in the head, whatever. So it was actually later that night, though, it was uh, after the event went off the air, you had Jonathan Coachman making a rematch between the two at No Mercy, this show, for a last man standing. Uh, But then you, of course, had the injury. It was, at the time, being blamed on Orton's post-match attack. Um, and that he was, you know, going to have to vacate the title, but of course the peck, it was the reality of it. So the, so here's the line. Although Cena's match against Orton was canceled, World wrestling entertainment chairman, Vince McMahon say there would be a quote, new champ WWE champion crowned at no mercy. Uh, while Triple H had his ribs iced during the show, Vince McMahon stated that Randy Orton was invoking his rematch clause. McMahon scheduled a rematch for the same night and also decided that it would be a last man standing match. And so, which leads me to wonder was like the Punjabi president going to be like, I mean, was that almost the main event here? (laughs) Like, like that's terrifying to think about. Like, you know, if Cena can't go and they weren't sure what they were doing, I'm glad that like, okay, you just, Triple H has the ability to kind of slot in there. I do wonder there was nobody. Could you not call anybody else? Like, was there not, you know, what's, I don't know what was going on at the time, but like, you know, let's maybe find somebody else that could have gone with this one instead of, you know, and I'll get into how it could have been booked a little different after, but just a really like this. So this is the main event match of this show, not the first match that they had. um, That is a last man standing match. that was literally thrown together. You know, you figure the day of, day before, like, I'm sure that was a hell of a creative meeting for the guys and girls in the back. (laughs) Yeah, weird. Just really, uh, I mean, I I know the excuse will be, oh, injuries happen and there's only so much we can do, but really Mm -hmm. got ourselves into a hell of a pickle here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you ready? 
Ready to say can be. Hopefully this is a little better than last week. I think it will be. The match itself should be pretty good. So yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 thinking the same thing. So no mercy 2007. We're at the two hour and 29 minute mark. Jeff, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Do you hear voices in your head? I do a little bit, yeah. Do they talk to you? <laughs> when I go to sleep, yep. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. It's historic night in the historic career of the cerebral assassin. But the question is, how will this night end? How will history be written here tonight at No Mercy? Remember, ladies and gentlemen, this match has no pinfalls, no submissions. It cannot end by a disqualification, and there are no countouts. And of course, Randy. All right, here we go. So Triple H on match number three. He's your champion. He's going against Randy Orton. Obviously, there's a tremendous amount of history between these two. Triple H is angry and ready to fight. Um, we've had three Punjabi prison matches in WWE history. Yep. I actually okay. thought there might have been more. There's only three. So we had the Undertaker and Big Show. We're the first one. It was so Kali wasn't yeah, Kali wasn't even in the first Ray one. Great Kali yeah. was originally supposed to be involved, but was forced out of the match after elevated levels of enzymes were found in his liver. Okay. So you had Big Show, Undertaker, Great American Bash 2006. Undertaker wins the initial Pujabi prison match. The second one is Batista and Great Kali on this show a year later. 2007. Batista was able to outclimb Kali, who looked like he was going to get out first. Batista retains his world heavyweight title. Then, 10 years later, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton would have a Punjabi prison match at Battleground 2017. And that's that's when Kali showed up. I remember that. Yeah. The trivia was that, yeah, Kali shows up for that. That's just, I, I remember that one because I also remember that being a terrible pay-per-view. To, to Like, you couldn't see anything. It was terrible. I remember that. So, yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So, we're on the outside with these guys right out of the gate. Oh, this is not good. Yeah. Now, of course, Randy Orton was also the final match of Triple H's career, mm-hmm. which would have been a Saudi show, Super Showdown 2019. In the 19 show, yep. Also on that show was Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin, Finn Balor and Andrade, Shane McMahon and Roman Reigns. Lars Sullivan defeating the Lucha House Party in a three-on-one handicap. Oh, yeah. That was the the weird guy that uh, uh, came out what, speaking against gays, and then they found out he was in gay porn or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, I didn't know that. I'm almost positive that's who that was. Yeah. He, he, oh. he posts all kinds of homophobic stuff on Twitter. I and knew then, that part uh, of it. I didn't know the other part. 
Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure they found out that he had filmed a couple of adult movies with some other men. Yep. That's that's yeah. called projecting. That's that is exactly you, what that's yes. called. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Interesting. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman were on that show. Kofi okay. Kingston and Dolph Ziggler were on that show. Oh, man. Triple H and Randy Orton, of course. A 50-man battle royal was on that that. show. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. And we still haven't even gotten to the main event yet. What was the main event of that show, Jeff? It was these guys. No. That was the... uh, Oh, I can't remember. if If you get this right, I'd be very, very impressed. I don't remember. Undertaker and Goldberg. Oh God! Yeah, that terrible showing. Yes. Ugh, what a yuck. what a show that was. The uh, boy, that was something. So uh, I got it pulled up here. The uh, we got top ten Orton best pay per view matches. Uh, numero. Uh, I'll start at number five. Actually, we'll kind of work down from this one. You've got the versus Christian at SummerSlam 2011. Uh, when they had a long feud, if you remember that. And so that was a pretty good one. Uh, they had a couple matches that were over the limit. They had a match two as well on that one. And so uh, this was uh, Christian uh, losing the belt after two days uh, on that one. Um, and that was after Edge had won. Or I'm sorry, Edge had retired, right? That was yep. part of that storyline. Okay. And I remember yep. that being a really good feud. I mean, that was it was very interesting. Uh, and then, of yeah. course, you've got the Backlash 2007 uh, Orton, Cena, Edge, and Shawn Michaels match, which we've talked about on this show before. Uh, one we have not talked about at number two, but we probably – or I don't think we have. We should. New Year's, Revo- Re- New Year's Revolution 2005. That was Orton, Triple H, Chris Benoit, Edge, Chris Jericho, and Batista. And so – and it was the uh, Elimination Chamber match on that one. And so um, – and, of course, that was uh, – as well, uh, the seventh man involved, and that was Shawn Michaels, who was appointed as a special guest referee. And so, yeah. Uh, so that was, and then number one, as we have covered as well, too, which I, I would put this probably number one, the Backlash 2004 against Cactus Jack, just a brutal hardcore match, which, yeah, hard to not like that one, too. So, yeah. That was that was a great match. Yep, absolutely. So uh, these guys still going at it. Like, you know, we're back in the ring at this point. Triple H kind of selling the uh, being hurt or at least having had two matches already in this evening. And, so, for the, uh, reigning- and just kind of going at it back and forth. And again, remember, this is last man standing. And so they really need to beat the crap out of each other on this one. Yes, they do. I, I guess we'll never see Triple H in the ring again. I, I'd say that that's pretty much a certainty i know you never say never in the wrestling business but that's that's a hard one to imagine huh yep yeah especially because of the health stuff it's hard to say i know the rumors are swirling recently you know we knew or not not that long ago with you know apparently bray is actually really sicker than we thought and so we're not you know not sure what's going on there like just you know all kinds of weird stuff but uh I got an interesting question for you here. Uh, this was uh, on Reddit, actually. One of the posts had it. And so uh, what is a what's a common spot in a match or wrestling angle you wish would stop being used? 
a wrestling angle that I'd like to stop being used. Or, or, or a common wrestling like spot or move. Yeah. yeah. And so uh I'll I'll give I'll give you the first one that comes to the top of my head. Sure. The everyone stands outside waiting for the guy to jump off the top rope. Uh, literally, first comment: a crossbody always having to be the big aerial spot. <laughs> yeah, and 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 even when even when um I that uh and I love Charlotte Flair, but they do that with her too too much. Where two or three people are standing there, she does the moonsault. She doesn't hit any of them. They all fall down. It's like yep. you know one of these times. I mean, what if she tore an ACL doing this move? No one reacts to it anymore because she does it every match. So right. I say, save that for like the celebrity spot, right? Like, I mean, you can do it, but like doing it in a traditional match, I, I hate it. I mean, it's just so fake. Yep. The, uh, the other big comment here is the, as they call it, the hockey fight spot where both guys just punch each other back and forth. And, but for most of the times it looks like they're just flailing their arms. So they're alternating punches for the booze and kicks and stuff like that, uh, which I thought was interesting. This is, I thought it was interesting. Uh, signature moves never getting a wrestler the win. Uh, Jeff Hardy never wins after a whisper the win, and yet he's always surprised that it doesn't do the job. That That's a great one, too, is ever, everyone that has a move that never finishes, yet they always try to pin someone, and they always act surprised when it doesn't work. That's a, that's a great one. Well, and that, yeah, it makes it, and I feel like there's a lot of finishers that aren't finishers. Like, um, I, who was it? There's a lot that like, even like the RKO is protect. Like there's so many protected finishers that like, you just, a guy is never kicking out like plain and simple. And so, um, here we go. Orton ripping off the East. That was the ECW table, I believe. Yep. Cause, uh, yes, I see Taz there. Yeah. Oh, now he's ripping the WWE table. There's I, I'd say another, yeah. I'd say another, you know, little thing is I, I think I think guys, I think everyone should have a well-defined finisher. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that finisher should be should make sense. Okay, so what are we gonna get here? Oh, Oh, he tried to RKO him and nope. Yeah, so Orton goes for the RKO and Triple H just threw him off of that through the table. That was that was really good. Um I yeah, I I I don't love when guys don't have a finisher or it's not clearly defined, um, or they win different matches with different moves. Um, I'll also put in there, I don't like when guys have a finisher that's not special, like mm. meaning it's just a little too basic. I, I just, I don't know. I think you need, I think you need something a little more impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Even the, even, the, even like uh, Cody Rhodes Crossroads, it's like, it's really not that impactful of a move. Like I don't Superman say punch. the Cody yeah. cutter should be the finishing move. You know, and kind of the Cody cutter out of nowhere. I mean, I know it's like RKO, but I don't know. I mean, it is what it is now. You're not going to change it. But, like, I, I mean, I, I just think people should have it defined. I'll tell you another thing I don't love. I don't love finishing moves that can't be hit very quickly. I mm. hate 
I hate Finn Balor's finishing move. Just not dramatic. He's going to climb. Yeah, Yeah. just you can't. It's never going to be dramatic. I mean, unless like maybe there's an exception to it, but most of the time, I'm just like, ah, it takes you know between the pinfall and the actual move, it's like it takes ten seconds, which is a really really long time. So not Mm -hmm. not a fan, not a fan of that. What else was on the list, or what else do you have? Uh, yeah, what is some of the other ones here? Uh, A lot of people don't like the uh, the setup for the high rise stuff, and so yeah, that's one. Okay. Oh, Um, and then and then moving and then and then rolling around, right? Like doing yep. the thing where you like roll twice so that you can be positioned for it. I like I like with like RVD. I like where he just hits the frog splash, even if he has to turn in the middle of the air. Like those are how those finishing moves should be. You know, it's like Finn Balor doesn't need someone. Someone could be on their stomach or their back, and he can still hit the move. They could be crooked, and he could turn in the air. It's the same yep. with like a frog splash. Like you don't need to be in quote unquote position. The only thing you probably need to be in position for is like a four fifty or a you know, um, uh, what's the one that Brock Lesnar used to shooting star press, shooting like star something press, like yeah. that. Yeah. You need to be in position, but that's really it. Yeah. Here's the five people standing there for what feels like an attorney before someone jumps off of something. How has that spot not been better refined by now? Um, security pull apart brawls. If you are not Brock Lesnar size big, it looks stupid as hell. We are seeing spike Dudley size men and women that are even smaller. That are half the size of the guards managing to physically break free from multiple people. Uh, Focus on your damn match wrestlers in the middle of a match being distracted by entrance music or someone climbing up on the apron to distract. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Outside dives, I would say between the ropes has become very common. Like when they're doing the dives, not over the top rope, Too often. but like through the first and second rope. Yeah, the suicide dives. Like and like you got to catch a oh oh they're big DDT yep. from Wharton onto a chair. Like you got to catch those right. Who was it the one time that like like if they catch their feet or they're not like yep. and it looks terrible. Um, it wasn't there a gift full, I forget who did it or not, but like someone caught their dick on the rope too. And it like messed them up or something like just absolutely ridiculous nonsense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I had another one that was trying to think of what else I had. Um, I'll remember it. Oh, uh, pr- uh, having struggling to climb up a ladder early in a match. Oh boy. Or the cage or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely as dumb as can be. Uh, let's see here. Feigning an injury. It's been incredibly overused. Uh, yep. I And I still, I, I know I complain about this a lot. I still think that there's stuff in AEW that's that's too gymnastic-y. It's just like, all right, you know, come on. This isn't, this isn't two guys trying to, you know, compete against each other. Oh, and this one, I, I do catch this a lot, and I agree with this. Wrestler A rolls wrestler B over, then B offers up their legs in the air for the pin. So, like, they throw their legs up so that someone can hook them, and they don't let the wrestler grab their leg and pull it up instead. Like, yeah, I noticed that a lot. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, just a lot of different diving through the ropes. Another one, yeah, just kind of all these different stuff. Suicide dives, super kicks. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're watching a lot of AEW, you're seeing a super kick all, all night yep. long. Too many super kicks. 
Tower of Doom uh, spots in multi-person matches, though I've noticed it more in women's matches. And so, yep, that's where, you know, they do five, six people or, you know, the giant superplex moves. Yep. Yep. There's all kinds of different stuff. Interesting takes here. Yeah. You know, you wonder, I what was it recently? I saw that it's AEW. Every once in a while, we see those lists of banned moves or banned words or whatever it was. And so, um, or like certain like tombstones, I think it was AEW, like tombstones have to get approval or something. Like I'm just, I, I just envisioning like, you know, like Jericho sitting at a computer, like typing up an email, like I'm going to get, can I get approval to do a tombstone pile driver tonight? Like, come on. Like just ridiculous. I get it's all about being safe and stuff like that, but Triple H with a the chop there is a great, great look. Yeah. The game again, collapsing. His body has got to be. All right. So Triple H is pretty beaten down. Huge, huge blade job. Yoda counting. It's all on the line. It's all on the line here. The voice bleeding as well, too. We got the blade job here. Going for the punt. Oh, my God. Wow. Great moment. Good spot. I, you know, I don't admittedly don't watch it and don't really follow it, but it seems like uh, Shawn Michaels is doing a pretty good job down in NXT considering, you know, they kind of started from scratch and there aren't many, you know, big names down there. And it's not like they're signing all these big indie names like they, you know, were with Samoa Joe and Drew McIntyre. So, I mean, it seems like they're, I mean, it seems like they're doing an okay job, right? Yeah, I think coming out of it, we just had no, you know, no mercy. I I think one benefit to them is, and I got to believe it's Triple H or Shawn Michaels have said this, like bringing in like Corbin or bringing in a, a main roster person to get them like, you know, it, when you play against the best, you're going to become better. And so, and I think bringing in these like superstars that are on the main roster to let them wrestle with some of these other people it gives a, a little bit of kind of notoriety to who they are, but then also like it gives that wrestler, you figure it's gotta be a way easier work schedule on them too. Like they're not getting beat up and maybe it's like, Hey, I feel a little dinged up. Like, can I go get three months in NXT? Like, can I go get, you know, let me put somebody over like, you know, even if you go the, 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 the you know, they can go the, um, you know, Hall of Famer route and paired like, you know, Sting with Darby or something. But at the same time, like with how they're doing it lately, you know, and I, and I know we even shit on too, like they're all getting trained the same way, but I think they are doing a better job of like, boy, that like LA Knight, like, you know, coming out, like, you know, some of these guys, Grayson Waller, like some of these people that are coming out are, are looking like, okay, the system is working and you have I think, to, I think Waller, on. I think Waller's going to be a star. I, I think like and and I'm I agree. Do I want them like it's just a slow burn on so much of this? Like, yes. Do I want LA Knight? Like he won when he should have won. 
Like, do I need him to go? Like, that's the other thing. Like, we complain about it too, but like, what do you want? You want to just win the universal title tomorrow? Like, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, I if you got him consistently on TV, he's having good matches. He stays over with the crowd, and maybe okay, like you give him a, a, a short title reign with something. But also, like the belts, I feel like are becoming more inconsequential. Like Roman has made them inconsequential. Like Seth's title is a secondary title. I absolutely believe that. And so, um, but then you have Gunther, like given some notoriety, like he's going to beat hockey talks record. There's no, if he hasn't already, I forget. And so like, but they want him to be that champ. And so, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, some of this stuff, but yeah, I think that, yeah, I, you have to credit Triple H. You have to credit Sean. I think Matt Bloom, like all the trainers down there, like um, who I just saw AEW brought in like Scotty Too Hotty for training or some or producer role or something like that. So I think that like some of these guys that really had a nose for the business, like yeah, like and I think Sean Michaels, who knows where they'd be without him. Yeah, I, I I don't. I mean, I think he I think he's doing a hell of a job. Oh, okay. Yeah, RKO on the table. Table didn't break. They're both didn't out. Break. Yeah, that hurt. Like um, hell. Yeah, I, I I I. It seems like he's doing a really good job. And and you know, look, not everything's going to work down there, but it shouldn't all work because not everyone is going to be a star. Uh, yep. Also, not every gimmick's going to work. But you have to try. I mean good for them to be trying new stuff. Cause I mean, you know, and I know it's worked out with Rollins and Reigns, but you know, those are two guys that, Hey, they've got greasy black hair and weird names and we're going to call them up. I mean, there was no thought put into character development and anything, anything special with them. Um, yep. Oh, it is interesting going. Oh, here we go. It didn't get up. Can I see the bell count there. Yeah. That's his old music. Yeah. I remember it now that I'm hearing it. Not nearly as good. Oh, that hurt. All right. He had his hand up, but that hurt. Yeah. So we're, we're telling the story that, hey, Triple H just couldn't couldn't make it a third third match. Okay. Got it. All right. Let's get into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. What'd you think? Stiff, uh, not necessarily stiff, but it was hard hitting. Like they were doing a good job of selling some of these moves. Like there was just a lot happening with that. Like Triple H, you know, it still looks strong. You know, Orton getting the belt back. Like it just, like I think overall, I was, it was good, not great. But I do think it yeah. was still like it was a good match. Like it's not one to ignore. So yeah, but it was um, solid. I think those yeah. two. I think those two. I've always thought maybe I'm maybe I'm off, but. I've always felt they were very similar and it didn't make for yeah. a great style. They've go, both got kind of that methodical. They're not going to do anything insanely impressive athletically. I don't know. I've always felt that like that's a, now if you put 
Orton with someone that like a Mick Foley that's going to do some crazy stuff. I mean, both of those, both of those guys had great matches with Mick Foley, right? right? So yeah, yeah. So I, I think if you put them with the right person, you know, they're fine. But I think they're they're too similar to have a really good match. Yeah. So here's the notes on this. This is from the Observer. What they wrote at the time when Cena got hurt, all plans had to be thrown out. Vince McMahon came out on ECW and announced that there would be a WWE title match on Sunday, but didn't say who was going to be in it. They scheduled a creative meeting on Thursday to figure it out. Once they got their idea, they made no mention of anything. To hook the the hook to buy the pay per view was you didn't know what they were going to do, but knew that there would be a new champion. With all of that said, there are alternatives that they could have done if the idea was. Was they that they had to have the scheduled last man standing match and they had to have the hunter versus umaga match and they had to have orton leave with the belt then the easiest and to me the best scenario would have been to book hunter and versus umaga in the opener with the winner facing orton for the vacant title in the last man standing main event which I can't argue that. So, um, because I think that it just makes a ton more sense. Like you, it was overbooked, which at this time, yeah, things were that was happening. So, I mean, you got to deal with that. But yeah, so, um, so this is Orton. The next night on Raw during an appreciation ceremony held by Vince McMahon for Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels returned from a hiatus and super kicked Orton in the face to end the show. It's Cyber Sunday. Michaels challenged Orton for the championship, um, and Michaels won the match via DQ because of a low vo- low blow. So Orton retained the title at Survivor Series in November. Orton defeated Michaels in a match to retain the championship. Uh, Triple H uh, title reign. Uh, his title reign at No Mercy is the fifth shortest reign in WWE history, only lasting the duration of the event. After winning the Raw Elimination Chamber match on uh, February at No Way Out, Triple H gained a championship match by uh, like w- winning that one, uh, eliminating Jeff Hardy with a pet- uh, pedigree on a steel chair. Uh, at WrestleMania 24, uh, Orton retained the title in a triple threat match after punting Triple H and pinning John Cena following Triple H's pedigree on Cena. So just, you know, more story, just kind of doing that. So um, Triple H not ranked in 2007 or 2007, excuse me. Orton was 15. Uh, the observer on this one, he tried to pedigree him on the table. But Orton fell off. Uh, uh, Orton tried to hit him with the steps, but Hunter gave him a low blow. And Orton, in dropping the steps, smashed his own head into them legit. That had to suck. Sunner gave him a hard, Hunter gave him a hard chair shot, but Orton was up at 9.99. Hunter finally went for the pedigree on the table, but Orton arcade owed him. Hunter rolled off the table and crawled toward the ring, trying to lift himself up on the apron, but he didn't make it. Yet another new champion. Hunter, covered in blood, ended up refusing the medical attention afterwards. Excellent main event. Four stars. So, Tom, what are you giving this one? I had this at a six. Okay. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't, I just didn't really do much for me. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if baby face triple H really, he's a heel. Yeah. So, yeah. Some guys, yeah. they just have to, they, like, they have to live that life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, to, to me, it's like those were just two heels in the ring that both have the same style. It it really did nothing for me. What about you? Yeah, you gave it a six. I, I mean, I'm probably at six and a half-ish. Yeah, like the, the match itself was good, which is the only reason I'm going to do that. And, you know, otherwise, it just kind of, uh, like I said, it good, not great. 
Like, you know, it was, I, I wonder if we had watched both matches back to back, like maybe we would change our opinion a little bit, like just to see how they work. But also yeah, it's just watching this in a vacuum. You have to remember that triple H just had two matches. And so, um, and the varying was six minutes and 11 minutes. So he had wrestled, you know, 18 minutes at this point um but still it's a lot like you had on all the other stuff and so yeah it's just interesting but um good but not great so yeah yep 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 all right that was a good one exciting yeah we've got some uh yeah what do we have coming up We've got some interesting one. We got some more Randy Orton coming up. We're going to Taboo Tuesday, two thousand four. We've got a story that I have no clue about anything. We're doing some TNA. This was Hulk Hogan and Sting for Ooh. control of TNA in two thousand eleven, and so Ooh. I have no clue what to expect on that one. But that's what we're doing, and so um, we've got okay. that. Um, I, I've got I, I got some. Uh, what was it? Someone posted on Twitter recently. There was a CM Punk and Eddie Guerrero match in like a gym, and so they did like a, a 10, 12 minute match. Yeah, and okay. so I, I might throw that in there. We've got we got some more TNA. I see some ECW coming up. Most importantly, next week uh, with you know talking NXT, we're going to do the uh, Bailey Sasha thirty minute Iron Woman match next week. So. Uh, Good stuff. But man, at that point, we're getting into December, you know, New Year. We got to we'll talk a little New Japan. Like, there's just all kinds of stuff going on. Good. Yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah, other than that, I'd say let's uh, send them home happy. Well, uh, we got good ones to cover. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I, I mentioned this I think two weeks ago, but uh, the and I Jeff remind me again what's the what's the device called the new Manscaped device the handyman the handyman it's like a little shaver and you use it on your face and you've seen those before uh, this one's really good it doesn't irritate your face at all it gets a close shave if you just need to touch up or trim down it's it's a fantastic tool so check that out uh, use our code payoff. Pay off. pay off, right? Yep, pay off. Of course, pay off twenty percent off of free shipping. You got it. Twenty percent off free shipping. So it's a it's it's a great uh, device. I wouldn't say unless I was using it, enjoying it myself. So good stuff. Uh, this was fun as always. We appreciate you listening. Episode two hundred and sixteen, Jeff. Woo, man, is in is in the books. Cruising. Yep. Yeah. We'll be, uh, hey, before you know it, we'll be at the big 250. So, Oh, my gosh. Good, yep. Yeah, I know. I know. Good stuff. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week on an all-new episode of The Pound.